0: Hello and welcome to the Anti-Fragile Tarot Podcast. This is your resident card slinger, Susanna, with the first episode of 2021. So today felt like a really good day to release this episode, which has been on my mind for a little bit, but I haven't gotten around to really recording it. So I've been thinking a lot about sort of good vibes only culture, or the sort of insistence that spiritual work should be focused on positivity and love and light and do no harm. I'm not, I'm not here to knock any individuals. I want to make that very clear. Uh, If your focus is on healing and what's often referred to as light work, you know, I'm not necessarily calling you out. I just want to have a conversation. Um, I guess it's a monologue for me, but I'm hoping to spark a conversation about how positivity can be toxic and refusing to Acknowledge the darker aspects or the necessity of negativity or even neutrality can really be doing a spiritual disservice as well as cause actual psychological harm to people and to communities. So what do I mean by this good vibes only thing? Well, I mean, I'm I'm sure you've heard of it. It's people who don't want to acknowledge that there are problems and maybe even go so far as to remove negative cards from a tarot deck. Uh, That's sort of something I've heard of happening. I haven't really seen it. But I don't spend a lot of time in wider witchy communities these days for a variety of reasons, not least of which is not necessarily agreeing with a lot of what happens or the perspectives that people have. But, you know, again, that I think that's – I definitely wouldn't say it's just an urban legend, but I do think that that's probably something that happens less frequently than – you know, the the amount that it's mentioned. Uh, But what about people who don't even use tarot because they feel that it's too negative, whatever that means, and instead focus on things like angel cards? Uh, Again, not knocking you if that's part of your practice, if that's something that you gravitate towards and work towards. This is not in any way meant to be a personal attack. And please don't take it as such. This is something that just bears some thought. And, you know, as with anything, if it's not about you, don't make it about you. Uh, if you find yourself getting defensive, maybe you should examine how and why you do certain things or hold certain beliefs. But if it's not, if what I'm saying is not what you're about, then I really wouldn't worry about it all right so to to get back on board here you know yeah maybe not using tarot or um you know, not not doing uh hexes or other what we call baneful magic that is not what I'm talking about you don't have to engage in some of the less savory aspects of magical practice in order to avoid the pitfalls of good vibes only. You, know, you, you don't ever, ever have to cast anything that has the explicit potential for harm in order to avoid this. Um, the, the The issue that I have here is people who refuse to acknowledge that failure is an option, people who refuse to acknowledge that sometimes there are larger factors outside of oneself and the work that one does that make certain outcomes or desires or options not possible for people. Uh, And instead, if if you condense it to you have the power to do anything and you can manifest literally anything and if you're not seeing the results that you want, it's because you're not being positive enough about it. No, maybe you aren't manifesting an apartment that you can afford because you live in an area with predatory renting practices or you're facing discrimination and no amount of intention setting can necessarily overcome that. Now, can someone, you know, get lucky in that situation? Sure. I've definitely managed to find some strangely affordable apartments. They all came with a drawback uh, as my tattoo and my favorite problematic yet deliciously campy uh, book series, The Black Jewels Trilogy. As the author writes, everything has a price, you know. Sure, I I actually did manifest an apart- in fact I did manifest an affordable apartment with a sigil in an area that is increasingly unaffordable. So again, I'm not I'm not saying this means give up. What I'm saying is it, again, there's that there's that nuance, there's that difference between acknowledging that not everything is fixable by just focusing on good vibes. And that's also the core of what we call shadow work. Uh, The the concept that you have to, this is is a a Jungian concept, it's a psychological concept, that you have to acknowledge your shadow. You have to acknowledge the traumas or knee-jerk reactions or subconscious motivations of what drives you in order to change what is not working for you, and if we focus exclusively on this this good vibes concept, if we don't acknowledge that there are uncomfortable, uh, darker, bad. Parts of ourselves and our lives, then I don't think that we can really have a meaningful discussion about how to make things better. And that applies in magic. It applies in tarot. It applies in a completely psychological and secular way as well. I think that good vibes only culture is damaging, regardless. Uh, you know, when when you're upset and you're venting to a friend about let's say a toxic work environment, you know, it gets really annoying if you have someone who's like, oh, I don't like to think about those things. You know, I just want to focus on the positive. Well, you know what? Focusing on the positive isn't how we got any meaningful labor laws in place. That was hard work, many deaths, and focusing on the difficult aspects of labor, and the human condition and if people just said oh I'm sure if we just focus on the good things it'll get better no i that's that's not even that that's laughable to me and that again that's that's sort of a, a not spiritual aspect but you know for the spiritual aspect let's say you're doing a tarot reading And I know I've talked before about the opposite of this, about the the dangers of only being negative, and I'll I'll touch on that a little bit more later. Um, Now, you do have to read the room when you're doing a reading. You know, you really do have to look at the person that you're reading for and figure out how you can convey the message in the cards in a way that they will be able to process and it, it's funny um, because sometimes I realize how much overlap my work as a nurse and my work as a tarot card reader have, uh, and that's that's one of them. It's it's making sure that the message you're trying to convey is one that the person that you're attempting to help can interpret and understand and apply themselves. And and that's that's just a it's a skill and it's it's a very hard skill to teach. Uh, I've started precepting even newer nurses. Uh, I started taking these these nurses who are are fresh, fresh and uh, trying to show them the ropes. And that's actually really the hardest thing for me to work with is how do you make sure that you're explaining things in a way that people can understand. And that goes for tarot card reading. And I think that's why... Successful readers, readers whose clients say that they're accurate or insightful or helpful, I think that's the real difference. Because anyone can learn how to read the cards. I, I truly believe that. I've said it a million times. Anyone can learn how to read the cards. There's a formula. There's a logic. There are meanings. But what sets one reader apart from another is the lens with which that reader is looking at the messages in the cards and how they can convey that message and explain it. So to get back to our, our example, let's say you're doing a reading for someone and they want to know about their job. You know, they're they're unhappy at their current job. They want to know what it's looking like as far as maybe getting a a better job or if they can improve things where they are. You know, what should their focus be with this? Let's say you get a reading. And frankly, the cards are not very nice. You know, you'll see you've got got the tower. You know, we'll, we'll just lay it on thick here for the ease of comparison. Got the tower, right? And that's never a great thing to see. And then you get the seven of swords. Uh, so you know you've got you've got some deception going on, you've got some uh, some some not not on the up and up situations, uh, and then maybe you get the five of pentacles. So really feeling that that stress, that practical stress, and not really seeing yourself getting out of it easily. Maybe let's say the last card is the Nine of Wands. Yeah, we can we can go with that. That's a, a slightly more neutral-ish card, and the nine is the nine is still on the negative side. But with that nine of wands, you know, you're you're coming on the end of that battle and, and you really need to make some decisions as to whether you're gonna try to turn it around or you're going to turn around. You know, whether you're gonna to try to, to push forward and, and force this to work even though you're, you're pretty beat up or you're gonna take those steps back. If you were engaging in toxic, good vibes only behavior as a reader, you'd look at that spread so again we've got we've got the tower we've got the seven of swords we've got the five of pentacles and the nine of wands if you were being toxic and good vibes only you could say oh wow there's so many changes and you know you really just need to ignore all the negative stuff and and just just keep moving forward you know you'll, you'll be successful if you just put in the work You can stretch those cards to mean that thing. That wouldn't – it wouldn't be the most wildly inaccurate take I can imagine. But I think that's that's being pretty toxic. Um, and I personally wouldn't trust a reader if I, if I got that reading from them and, and that was how they interpreted those cards back to me. I mean, granted – as a tarot card reader myself, I do have my own opinions on these things, and that makes me very picky as to who I get readings from. Uh, and also, you know, it, it can be a little hard for me to take that step back and appreciate what the other person is saying to me. But I digress. To me, though, that would that would really be that that sort of embodiment of of toxic good vibes only. Uh, Instead, I think it would be more accurate, more insightful, and more useful to look at that and say, okay, well, I see why you'd be concerned about where you are right now. And I think that you're absolutely right to be concerned about the possibility of there being some external forces that are working against you or even you sabotaging yourself. Uh, or being perceived as trying to undermine something. Uh, that's all. That's all. That seven of swords. Um, you know, because that seven of swords really, depending on context, can can go a lot of ways. But uh, those are some of my seven of swords thoughts there, depending on context again. Um, you know, moving on to that five of pentacles. Well, you know, you're you're really having a, a hard time with the idea that you're not progressing how you'd like to. Um, you know, to. to move forward, you you really have to make that decision. Are you going to try and stick this out? Knowing that you might not be in the right headspace to do so, but you've already put in a lot of work. So maybe maybe it is something you'd be interested in doing. Um, but your other option is is to abandon this and abandon ship. And, and yes, you know, I know you've put in a lot of work in this particular career or this particular workplace, but maybe, maybe it is going to be better for you to turn around and backtrack some because you do run a risk of burnout. Uh, obviously, my, you know my reading style is uh, very particular. I don't consider myself a predictive reader. I will not give someone a yes or no when I'm reading. Uh, I've always felt that way when I've been doing readings, and I didn't realize until a couple years ago that it's actually a very Jewish way to approach tarot card reading because technically speaking, divinatory readings are forbidden. Uh, If you're really – everything in Judaism really depends on your interpretation of what's said in in the in the actual text but the interpretation that I like to go to as far as whether tarot card reading is permissible is a you it shouldn't be your only method of income if it is a source of income at all and b if you're going to do it you should not be doing it in a divinatory sense. It should not be to figure out what's going to happen in the future. So, you know, I actually felt pretty good that my, my reading style aligns so much with this one way to interpret Jude, Jewish attitudes towards tarot card reading. Anyway, so obviously my reading would not be as satisfying because I'm not giving a yes or no answer. So for someone who's looking for a yes or no answer, my reading of that would probably feel a lot less satisfying than a yes or no. However, I also think that it's important that we make sure that people who are getting readings know that ultimately what the card say is one perspective. It is not the end all be all and People need to be free to make their own interpretations and their own choices. Based on the input from the card, sure, but that shouldn't be the only factor. And I just think that it's really important that we we give people the pros and cons in any reading. I've definitely had some readings that that really just hit you over the head one way or the other with positivity or negativity. But for the most part, there's a mix. And that's much more true to what life is anyway. So, you know, the flip side of this is being super negative all the time. Um, and I guess that's that's where some of this good vibes only culture has come from as a pushback against it know against those those doomy and gloomy everything is terrible and you need to keep coming to me in order to get guidance and and maybe some products to help you that's also really messed up and predatory it's also why I don't read for myself too often because I tend to have a very negative outlook on myself I'm working on it but you know not there yet Uh, regardless I think it's really important that we not ignore the less comfortable aspects that we may encounter in readings specifically. Uh, And doing some shadow work, uh, I might actually have my friend Rory Kelly on again to discuss shadow work in relation to her new album, which is also called Shadow Work. Uh, I haven't asked her about this yet. So if you're listening, hey, Rory. She has her own podcast called the Sassafras Cast, which you can find on all major streaming services. I just followed on Spotify. Um, Terrible, terrible that I didn't do it. She actually has an episode on Shadow Work. Uh, It's half an hour. So I think you should check out the Sassafras cast. Uh, Definitely not a paid endorsement at all. Um, But I, you know, I've talked about Rory a lot. I interviewed her a while back. So, you know. Anyway, yes, shadow work. It's a thing that we should all be doing. One other thing I really want to touch on in this episode um, that I think is especially important Because today is Inauguration Day in the United States, and Donald Trump is leaving office, and Joe Biden is taking over. Um, I was not particularly excited about Joe Biden as a candidate. And I have a lot of reservations about Kamala Harris as well, based on her history as a prosecutor. That being said, Kamala Harris's voting record is actually pretty well aligned with Bernie Sanders, all things considered. And I am cautiously optimistic that we can keep applying pressure to this administration to make more meaningful changes in a way that we simply couldn't even begin to consider in the last four years. You know, when Four years ago, when the Trump administration, as one of the first things they did, took down the WhiteHouse.gov pages on LGBTQ rights and climate change, that was a message, and it was loud and clear over the last four years, as we have seen a marked increase in people being more comfortable expressing their racism and their bigotry not being more racist and bigoted. That is not what I'm saying. They are more comfortable openly expressing this. And if you're upset that I'm talking about this on a witchy podcast, well, that's exactly what I'm talking about now. Something else that really worries me in witchy spaces is this insistence that we not talk about politics, Because, oh, I don't want to talk about politics. This is a spiritual space. It shouldn't be anything about politics. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. Witchcraft has always been resistance. It has always been resistance. You know, it's absolutely astounding. Cognitive dissonance. When the same people who go around spouting nonsense like, oh, we're the granddaughters of the witches you couldn't burn. When those same people who say crap like that, all of a sudden want to go, oh, no, this isn't the political space. Uh-uh, uh-uh, no, absolutely not. That's not how this works. Again, it's fine if you don't do work that is specifically about politics or social justice or change um you know if if your focus is more personal if your focus is more on your family or nature or specific deity worship you know that's that's on you and I'm not trying to knock how you practice there are plenty of worthwhile things that I don't expend magical energy on uh so, again, I'm, I'm really not trying to dictate how anybody practices here. What I will say is that a lot of witchy spaces, a lot of spiritual spaces, have a racism problem. I'm talking New Age retreats. I'm talking uh, white shamans which is an oxymoron, quite frankly. Um, I am talking about some of the heathen asatru community, not all, by any means. Um, I know plenty, plenty of people who are just as angry about uh, alt-right people co-opting runes and heathenry and asatru for disgusting bigoted means as anyone else. Um, Again, I'm, I'm not trying to paint a broad brush there. What I am saying is that if you're unwilling to engage in these discussions, if you want to leave politics at the door when talking about spirituality, then that is exactly how people like that infiltrate and flourish within spiritual communities. And that is why I feel so strongly about understanding that religion and spirituality is as political as anything. I I just took a sociology of religion course last semester. I uh, had some electives to take. And I decided I wasn't gonna do a single nursing elective. I decided I wanted to do a bunch of things that were more like what my interests were before I decided to pursue nursing, which is decidedly not hard sciences, let me tell you. So I took the sociology of religion course, right? And we focused on the big ones. Uh, We focused on Judaism, Islam, and Christianity, with some emphasis on Hinduism and Buddhism. And one of the major things that we covered towards the end of the semester is that religious fundamentalism, the same environment that so many people look to escape when they gravitate towards these you know, nebulous spiritual spaces. Religious fundamentalism has always evolved as a reaction to socio-political movements and changes. And that's deeply, deeply important to understand. Because, oh, there's two reasons it's important to understand to me. Number one, Understanding that even if you personally don't view religion and spirituality as political, that's untrue in a broader sense. And to ignore that is to be willfully ignorant. The second thing, uh, which is something I've also kind of talked about with some of my friends recently, is um, particularly in the realm of why do so many people in spiritual communities wind up drinking some pretty alarming Kool-Aid? Why is there so much scientific distrust? Why do people wind up following these these spiritual leaders who are, are clearly toxic? And to me, one of the reasons... And and I'm sure there are many, but one of the reasons is that people who have escaped or purposefully left communities that are religiously fundamentalist. These people, and again, I'm I'm I've never been one of them. Um, so I, I am talking as an outsider here. But I think that many people who leave an environment where they were raised to respect a central religious authority, whether that was a local person or a global person, people who had this, this structure to their religious upbringing, In some ways, people who had that will seek out something similar, even if they think that they are leaving all that behind. We, as humans, we gravitate towards that which is comfortable and familiar. It's part of why people who had traumatic childhoods and abusive parents wind up statistically more likely to inflict trauma or be in other abusive relationships. It's not because they're they're victims at heart or or they're choosing, they're they're consciously choosing people who will hurt them. No, I'm 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 in no way victim blaming here. What I am saying, and, and as someone who has had to work hard to unlearn trauma responses is that When you're used to abusive dynamics, healthy dynamics don't feel right. They don't feel safe or comfortable. They require a lot of things that were not allowed and actively discouraged in contexts that you formerly knew. So it's much harder to adjust to that. And without conscious effort to unlearn old patterns and relearn new ones, it can be very easy to unconsciously gravitate towards what feels more familiar, what, what you're equipped to deal with, what you know how to handle, whether or not it's a good thing. So I think that's why we see some of that in communities where you would think, oh, these, are, these are witches. Of course, these are people who should be believing in sexual and reproductive freedom and and social progression why why are people suddenly you know not that to me is some of the reason why and again it all comes back to this is why it's important to acknowledge what can be uncomfortable and what what can be shadowed. And it's why it's so important to me not to focus on compartmentalizing spirituality into good vibes or no politics here. I I get that not everyone wants to endlessly go over the unending horror movie that is the news lately. I totally get it. I'm not saying you have to devote all of your time to to thinking about it and talking about it. But I, I do think that you're doing yourself and your practice a disservice if you never acknowledge and you never examine where some of your beliefs are coming from. And if you never acknowledge that, yeah, you know what? Sometimes things just suck. And no amount of candles or good vibes is going to make an abusive partner stop abusing you no amount of rose quartz is going to change an unloving person into a loving person I think it's important that we acknowledge the limits of our work and from there, we can better focus those energies. We can make more meaningful work happen. But you can't do that if you think that you can bowl your way through with nothing but good vibes. Yeah, I think that's all about all I got right now. Um, I, I kind of got a little more passionate there than I intended. But it's my podcast and I can do what I want. Um, thank you for listening. I hope that 2021 will be a little easier for everybody. Uh, I just got my second COVID vaccine, uh, definitely kicked my butt more than the first round did, but still way better than having COVID. I've cared for hundreds of COVID positive patients in the last almost year, um, yeah vaccines are great this is not up for debate this podcast and my business is pro science and uh, go debate your mama but uh you know I hope that we can start to heal a little bit now that we're not going to be worried about what Donald Trump's going to be doing every single day uh, we still need to stay vigilant the new administration, it has a lot of work to do and a lot of work that we need to push them into doing. And Trumpism isn't going away. It's not going to go away in the political arena and it's not going to go away within our spiritual groups either. So, you know, fight the good fight and I will uh, be talking to you all later. Stay safe if you're listening to this on the day I release it, which I would be surprised if you were. Um, And if you are, stay safe and um, do what you have to do to protect yourself, whether that is more, you know, grounding light work or whether that's getting a little darker with it. No, no shame from me. Uh, but, But definitely be aware of what's going on in your communities, please you use use the silver lining of the last four years as a way to be grateful that some people showed their true colors in a way that they might not have otherwise and now you know where people stand better and uh again if it's not explicitly clear this podcast and anti-fragile tarot is not the place for you if you are right wing uh if you are anti-science, if you are anti-LGBTQ rights, if you don't unequivocally believe that black lives matter and put your money or your time, if you don't have money to spare, where your mouth is in that regard. So, you know, uh, if you don't like what I'm saying, I- I'm sorry, this just isn't the place for you. Um, and I don't want to be involved in a space where people who support any part of what Donald Trump stands for. You know, I don't I don't want to be part of, of any space where people like that feel comfortable. I will never align with anybody who is aligned with people who wear shirts at say Camp Auschwitz or Six million weren't enough. Um, And I think that if you find that you're in a community where there are people like that, you need to examine your community. And you need to really dig deep within yourself to see if maybe that community is not as helpful or positive as you thought because there is no space for people like that in my life and in my spirituality so um if you're still here and I didn't scare you all off uh thank you thank you again for listening um thank you for being here I am still not opening up my Etsy I am still in school until late May but uh do anticipate some openings then uh in May maybe on my spring break as well we'll see and uh Again, if, if you want to support what I'm doing at all, um, my favorite thing is emails or comments on social media. Um, I'm tarot at gmail.com. I'm antifragiletarot on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, which I'm not on very much. And if you do want to financially support, I do have my Patreon, which is antifragiletarot. Uh, please don't feel obligated. I know this is a really hard time just know that I do use uh, at least 20% of my Patreon money to go towards various organizations for donations. Sometimes that'll go to the NAACP or the ACLU. Sometimes it'll go to trans women of color initiatives. Sometimes it goes to more local groups like Black Men United in Jersey City. So uh, that is that is something I do with my Patreon earnings, as well as pay a friend who is involved in sex education and activism to transcribe my podcasts, um, and help pay for the server costs for this because I do have to host on Libsyn. So um, yeah, I will be getting on a more regular posting schedule uh you're gonna have some deck reviews coming up actually uh I figure it's a way to get some content out that I can easily pre-record and chat about without needing a lot of inspiration and I do have some interesting decks to review mostly fandom decks so stay tuned for that we'll get to a more regular podcasting schedule in February uh we'll go back to twice a month but uh have a witchy and or wonderful day I hope that you're well Uh, If you're a new podcast listener, welcome. If you've been here for a while, I really appreciate your continued support. I'm always floored that people are listening and uh, feel very humbled. So take care, be safe, and uh, let's all work hard to make 2021 a little better than 2020. Bye.